Blog Talk Radio. Some comes from ESPN, you know, 
that is true, right? So, uh, so the way it is now with us. So the way I was just rapping about Magic Johnson quitting the Lakers and how stunning that was. That yeah. it just came across because I was playing a game on my smartphone, and all of a sudden, just you know, those alerts came across the top of my. And mm-hmm. at first, I was like, I was too, I was too stunned to process it. And then when, then, then when other outlets just started rolling in, alert after alert after alert, I was like, this is crazy. This, this yeah. is crazy. I mean, before I found out more details about it, like learned more more details behind it, I thought that LeBron James would like went like that uh, Somalian cat on that ship with Tom Hanks and said, look at me, I'm the captain now. But, I mean, it's just much more than that. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was much more than that. And, you know, I posted that on Twitter, by the way. But, I mean, it, it, was, it was much more than that. And this is crazy, man. I mean, first of all, what are, are the Lakers as, as dysfunctional are, are this dysfunctional to cause a man like that to just quit? On the last game of the season? Ooh, that's a fantastic question. Um, God, it depends on how you look at it. Because I'm hearing it from, from various perspectives, right? And, and like uh-huh. you, I was also shocked when I first heard the news. It was literally minutes before we went on Facebook Live with Sleazy Sports last night. Yeah. Um, so right. that, was, that was a huge shock to me, um, especially with the timing and exactly how he did it. But um, yeah, there's some people who, and, and I'm, I, I have you know a mixed reaction to this, uh, this to this theory about how the Lakers failed this year. Um, yeah. Even though I like a lot of the pickups that they made earlier in the season, um, they they all, if you think about it, outside of LeBron James, were all secondary, if not tertiary choices for who they wanted to add. Remember. They were going after the likes of Paul George, and Paul said, nah, right. bro, I'm going to go ahead and stay in OKC. And there are a lot of people who believe that that was a sign that things were wrong in Los Angeles. That um, mm-hmm. Corey Brewer, the reports that came out that said Corey Brewer told um, Paul George, hey, hey, bro, don't go to L.A. Stay where you are. And he took that suggestion along with some other things that he saw and decided that he was going to stay in OKC. Take that into consideration along with um, other uh, greats that have chosen not to come to the Lakers, be it for whatever reason, be it because they don't want to play along with Kobe, or now whatever reason it is now, and as of right now, we don't necessarily have a truthful answer. I think all, all, right. of, all of that combined with, with uh, Magic, I, I guess, well, not I guess, but Magic coming out and saying things like, you know, he's not able to give his all to both the Lakers and to his businesses, so he wants to go ahead and focus on the business. And also, let's take into consideration, Magic is an ambassador to the NBA. And we as fans right. enjoy hearing what the likes of, of, of such greats have to say. But because of this whole collusion rule that's out right now, Magic right. can't even compliment players. None of these great players, Jerry West, um, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, when he was in the front office, none of these guys can say anything positive about another player because now players think that you're colluding 
to snatch up that star and have him come to your organization, which is kind of sad. Like Magic said, he wants yeah. to congratulate uh, 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 Russell Westbrook on his 2020-20 game and couldn't. Yeah, because Chamberlain potentially under the rules. Yeah, and you know, if if anybody, we would want to hear from uh, uh, when it comes to Russell getting uh, a triple double. Is another player who is known for getting triple dubs, and that's Magic. You know, yeah. I don't know if Oscar Robinson is, is still with us, and, and whether or not he yeah, has Twitter or not. Yeah, he's still with us. Oh wow! That's why he did ball out in in in, uh, in Ohio. So yeah, Cincinnati, yeah, he's back he at Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't you know, so know if he does or not, but it'd be cool if he did. It would be, but, but I doubt yeah. that he does. And you know, it, it would be great to hear from those guys. You know, when stuff like this happens, but unfortunately, because of that rule, we can't hear from Magic. So. And we all know Magic likes to be that ambassador. He was technically an ambassador when he was playing in the league with the Lakers. He was an ambassador to the NBA when he was done. He was an ambassador to AIDS. You know, once he came out and, and made the announcement that he was HIV positive, that's what right. Magic is. Beat the disease somehow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, you know, he wasn't able to be him. And, of course, unfortunately, you know, and, and and I have mixed reactions when it comes to this. Whenever a front office guy is tied to a team's record, yes, he picks the players that play on the team, but is it necessarily his fault when the player tells him, no, I don't want to play for you? Well, you know, here's the deal not with like, that, man. It's, oh, no, I, 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 you know, I was uh, – I was going to say, and uh, just to piggyback what you said, kind of that Le- LeBron, like people like like said, like give him credit for LeBron. LeBron chose mm-hmm. them. He, he didn't mm-hmm. go out and – I mean, they, they said that, like, Magic went to his house, like, a minute after free agency started, I guess. But LeBron in and of itself chose him. So yeah. that's that. But, I, you know, but, but another thing after I mentioned the, uh, the Tom Hanks movie part, I also thought that – what his what Magic's departure meant too was that I don't think I don't think he thinks that he that no free agent would want to come to L.A. to play the Lakers. That is because like, like a buddy of mine uh, had on the show like early this year. He told me <laughs> that uh, Jared Jared Singleton. He told me that um, he believes that Kawhi was signed in L.A. but would be with the Clippers. And, you know, he's not the only one who said that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is that the Clippers are in great position. And I mean great position because they have cap room. Mm-hmm. They don't have any big contracts. Mm-hmm. And they're still winning. And they, they, which means that, you know, that's because they have a great coach, Doc Rivers. They have a great owner, Steve Ballmer. And they have the logo. Jerry West pulling the strings behind the scenes from the from a personnel perspective, and not mm-hmm. many people get to say no to Jerry West. So no, I mean that's that's I mean it's just crazy to see the Lakers in such turmoil. They haven't made the playoffs now in six years running. I mean, how no, crazy is that? It. That's Clipper. That was old school Clipper like. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's it's like the Clippers are now. Even though the Lake is, even though LA will always be a Lakers town, 
But the Clippers, they've been the Laker life for the last six, seven years in county. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just crazy to me to see, for like for me to see the Lakers in such upheaval. I mean, what the hell is Jeannie Buss doing? Why, why is she letting it get so far, so so chaotic, to the point where the general manager, Rob Palenka, said, was said to, was thought to be doing stuff behind Magic's back, which led Magic to actually <laughs> say that, you know, Jeannie should get her, herself someone that's trustworthy. What do you think mm-hmm. that meant, he meant by that? I mean, he thanked, he, imagine also thanked um, Linda, on the way out, this lady named Linda, who happens to be Linda Rambis, Kurt Rambis' wife, who's also mm. said to be best friends with uh, Jeannie, Buss, and you know, like Magic and Kurt were pretty close. So, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, it's like the Lakers are like this mom and pop shop. And even though I worked in the in late seventies and eighties and nineties with Jerry Bus, when without the bus was alive, it ain't working now. It hasn't worked since Jeannie no. Bus took over and let, and met, uh, let her brother be the president of operation basketball operations with his dubious personnel moves and coaching <laughs> moves. It, it yeah. just, it's a hot ass mess in that in, in Lakerland. I I I know so many Laker fans. Outside of LA, I just feel I just, I, I feel for them. I really do. It's just it's just a hot ass mess. Yeah, it, it's it's like uh, Felicia and uh, what's your girl's name? I, I see her face. Um, the two sisters on on Friday. You know, mm-hmm. one sister. God, what is her name? I see her face, and it's bad that I can't remember what her name is. Fine chick. I hate that. That was um. That was that was in Friday. Played opposite Ice Cube. I know you're talking about Regina King's character, right? No, no, not the sister, but uh, uh, the love interest. Nia Long. Right, 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 it's right. like Nia Long and Felicia in, in Friday. You got these two sisters. One is the crackhead, and and and, and one's the fine chick. And you try to figure out, you yeah. know, hey, Felicia could have been fine, but what happened? She just fell off. Um, yeah, you right. They both got money, you know. This 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 coming um, off season, but who are you gonna go to? And and it's it's something that the Lakers are gonna have to take care of and take care of quick. And there have been names thrown out there. One oddly enough, of course, is Jerry West. But of course, you, you know the relationship he, he had was a little tumultuous before he left. He probably right. won't. And he probably won't. But the thing is, he won't. You know, it's just going to be a situation where, where Jenny leans on LeBron and try to use him his influence to bring people in into the front office. You know, if if or at least get his suggestions on who they should bring into the front office, or do they look within? And some people think that that might be problematic if they do that. Who knows what's going to happen with the Lakers, man? And and. It's going to be an interesting time if they cannot get anybody in-house to play alongside LeBron this coming season because he'll be year two of that four-year deal, and it might be a situation right. where he just might ride out these four years and then make a decision to either hang it up or go elsewhere. Well, here, here's how you mentioned LeBron still here. I mean, here's how crazy this year has been. Remember when that mm-hmm. whole thing broke out, like with um, 
with LeBron, like in 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 his agent, uh, what's his agent's name? Oh, damn it! Um, not Maverick Carter, but Rich Paul. Like when he yeah. and Rich Paul, like came like when it came public about them one them one to leverage Anthony Davis trades, and Anthony Davis represented by the same crew as LeBron mm-hmm. is. That reportedly made Jenny Buss so mad that she contemplated trading LeBron. Because of the chaos yeah. that it brought, it brought to the team. But I mean, and seeing how the whole team unraveled. I mean, hell, we, we people like to point to the groin injury that LeBron sustained against the Warriors on Christmas Day. I mean, mm-hmm. but to me, I mean, that chemistry went away after that trade. That trade, like like after the trade demands came out. You know that Magic went from offering a couple cats to offering like. Um, cats like uh, what? Caldwell Pope. Um, Pope was thrown out there. Blonde Paul was thrown out there. Ingram's yeah, name was tossed out there. Yeah, Ingram's name. So they're like looking at LeBron's side because we're they all know that he's pulling the strings behind the scenes. And like, yeah. why the fuck do I want to roll with you? You're trying to get rid of us. And yeah. then, even though I mean, even though it's business. And the young guys that are too young to know about it, but still, if you if he come out if he if he says that you know to be as a place be all in, serious be all in, you trying to move us? What the hell, dude? So, I mean that and Luke Walton losing the team, and I mean just the mm-hmm. whole the roster is how it's put together. I mean, That's you it. bring LeBron. LeBron does well with shooters. Right. Mm-hmm. Who's a shooter that's on the Lakers squad right now? Who's on the roster? Not a one. Who, who's a, who's a, who's a consistent three point shooter? <laughs> Not a one. I mean, they brought in they brought in damn Brayshaw um, Rondo, who's a great point guard. But he's not a shooter. He can't shoot. He's not a shooter outside of fifteen feet. And you brought in Lance, Lance Stevenson. Stevenson. Really not consistent at all. So he's essentially yeah. the same player as LeBron, except not as great. Yeah. But still, the point is they don't have they don't have a consistent three point shot. So mm-hmm. they have a terrible roster. I don't know how the hell. I mean, who's who are they going to bring in? Who's who are the Lakers going to bring in with that roster? Really, Good coach, question. head coach, vice uh, president of basketball operations, whoever the hell. Who's going to go and come, who's going to come in? Want to deal with that? Deal with LeBron's like. Pension for drama. I mean, seriously, why why would anyone want this Laker job right now? Well, it has to be someone that is used to LeBron, or someone that believes that they can deal with him and his okay. request. So my guess is that either they're leading to someone like I said before that they'll have to lead to someone that that knows him, or a very strong GM mm-hmm. that has history in the league. Um. And it'll be interesting to see what direction they go into. Same thing with head coach. It's going to have to be either someone who thinks that they are capable of coaching him or someone that has already coached him. <clears throat> so just expect uh, that to happen, I think, once they, they – well, not I think, but expect that to happen um, the closer that we get to um, at least the, the lottery, the NBA lottery, so that this organization has a general idea of what direction that they're heading into before they get their, their their slot so they can make a decision on a pick and also so that uh, a, a potential free agent believe that this organization 
it, it started to become stable because that's what that's what they're working mm-hmm. on. They want to see if the Lakers can become stable. If they do not feel like they're stable, teams are not going to go. The players are not going to go, and I don't blame them for for not doing so. Um, this is going to be a situation um, with the Lakers where, kind of like you said, we, we just haven't seen this team go to the playoffs for the last six years, and I'm I'm a lean on the. Uh, the uh, the going injury for a little bit because what type of expectations do you have on a set of guys who have no experience in making a playoff run when your key guy is out? What do you expect them to do? Right, right, and that's true. That, that's very true. I, it's just to me, it's just a, it's just a, it's, it's, it's. I said this word a few podcasts ago. It, it's a clusterfuck situation in in, in, yeah. like, in Lakerland and. To, and, and, and again, I, I don't see any free agents coming to play with LeBron. I mean, no one wants to be in this Space Jam's two move for some reason, but that's not a podcast for the set of time. But still, Magic leaving, wow, just wow. So, what do you think this does to his legacy? I, I you know, I know he's he was a great player. He's one of my favorite players. To me, he's the greatest player ever, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, but, uh, but but oddly enough, last two. Uh, Less, I was going to say less than two percent of the league, or two percent of the guys that are currently in the league, that believe that he's uh, one of the best, uh, uh, well, the best all time, and that's a whole other sure. conversation for another day. With that, yeah, because he's, he's got a bunch of that too. Yeah, but to answer your question, what does that do to his legacy? In my opinion, absolutely nothing. Um, there yeah. are a lot of people, and this has been a conversation that's been had for for years now. For whatever reason, unfortunately, great athletes, with the exception of, I, I guess, uh, Bill Russell, have had a hard time in pro sports coming back and, and being um, frontening for, 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 for organizations, be it a head coach, mm-hmm. general manager, or team president. With the exception of Larry Bird, Larry Bird was one of the few to, to ever get it right. Um, right, exactly. Yeah, coach and, and, and you know, yeah. So it's like outside of Bird, who else can you go? Mike tried and failed. Um, Magic has tried on both uh, accounts and failed. So there's, there's a list. Isaiah Thomas tried and failed, and groped and failed. You had. Just a, a, a large, well, a, a short larger list of greats that have attempted to do it and it just didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I get what you're saying. So it's gonna be interesting this coming summer. It's gonna be very mm-hmm. interesting, very interesting. Yeah, because I think this the Lakers franchise are the crossroads. You got an agent, LeBron. You have. Mm-hmm. You and you have the and up, I don't want to call them upstarts because they've been doing well for the past years. And the Clippers, who has mm-hmm. other assets, who has great coaching, the great front mm-hmm. office. It's just mm-hmm. awesome. It's just awesome to see. So, yeah. So it's just it's just just so crazy. But which this is so crazy that I started. I want. I, I you know I intended to spend this pod most of the podcast on. Um, on the Final Four in Virginia, but it's the news of, of course, Magic quitting the Lakers so big that 
It overshadows that. It overshadows that. Yeah. So, I mean, congrats to Virginia. I mean, hell, they made a 180 uh, move. You know, they got from getting bounced and the asses kicked by a 16th seed, no less. And University yeah. of Maryland, Baltimore County, you know all, all about them. They're right in your, in your backyard almost. Um, mm-hmm. To win a national title. That is just awesome. Even though I took a, a little shot at the, at the you know at the officiating when I when I said my sports blog, congrats to the Virginia referees. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just had to take a swipe at that. But let me ask you this: Let's go to the championship game. Speaking of which, the officiating. Mm-hmm. I like the fact. I usually like the fact when the refs let the guys let the guys play. I usually like that, and not many fouls. Well, Cole, I'm not sure championship game, I should say, but the final four game against Auburn. When the when when the, when any big major sporting event, especially on the college level, on the collegiate level, gets called loosely, I actually like that for the sake of the flow. Mm-hmm. It's just that the 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 foul that was called at the end was not called all game. And if you go back to Kyle Guy's Three point made three point attempt before that, the same thing happened to him on that play, but they didn't call mm. the foul. A young yeah. man, one of the young men from from Auburn, clipped him a little bit, and similar to similar fashion when he was clipped in by Samir Doherty, and they didn't call it then, which would have been a four point play, would have put Virginia down by just one. But you know, we all know what happened. Uh, you know, it happened on the other end, and they called a foul, even though it was a foul technically. But it's one of those things like you just typically don't see call. I don't think should be called at the end, especially having been called on game. But mm-hmm. one, but, but but one more thing that happened before that was even more egregious was that missed double dribble. The missed double dribble, definitely. Yeah, when he tried to bring it be, like uh, like uh, behind his back. When he had a guy on him, and he, he, you know, even though by first blush it looked like the guy maybe pulled it from him, but the referees were around who were around top of it. They plainly saw, and again, I know everything moves quickly, but they plainly saw that the, that Auburn defender did not make contact with Jerome. Jerome just lost lost control of it, lost mm-hmm. like like dribbled it off his foot. He picked the ball with both hands and dribbled again. That's a double dribble. Dribbled again. And they totally yeah. missed that. But anyway, let me get your thoughts there, officiating and, and how that played into the championship game, just just from your point of view, because I've ran it and raved from the time at Buffalo Wings and Rings with a blade of mine and some, <laughs> and some random passersbys at the bar to, like, wonder why was that foul call in the first place. But let me get your thoughts on that right quick. You know, um, yeah, there there are a lot of people who are in the wheelhouse of if you look back and review a game, any sport, there's gonna be missed calls throughout the entire game. But unfortunately we'll magnify those that are closest towards the end of the game, especially if it's gonna be a tight game, as the last right. three were for uh for Virginia in within the tournament. Um right. especially when it's a situation where 
it, 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 it could or has determined the outcome of the game. Um, if it was me, for the sake of consistency, I probably would have swallowed that whistle on that, that jump shot because I was equally as shocked that they called it. But at the same time, literal of the law, it is what it is. Uh, I, I, my thought process is that the ref probably calls that but thinks that's see if he'll make all three. If he makes all three, then, you know, he earned it. But I don't think sure. a lot of people didn't think he was going to make all three. Yeah. 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 But um, I, I'm sorry. I was probably one of the few that thought that guy was going to make all three. Once I heard the whistle yeah, and I, I heard it was, gonna, it was a shooting foul, I said, uh-oh, that's a one-point lead for Virginia. It is what it is because this dude can shoot the ball very well. And I think he was I think he's ninety percent from the free throw line throughout the year. He shoots at a hot clip from the from the line. So I mean I know it's not a hundred percent, but he shoots very well. And I understand it's the pressure of doing it during crutch time and of course your boy calls a timeout too to try to ice him. Um mm-hmm. either way, if it wasn't gonna be um a one point lead, I thought he was at least gonna tie the game and send it in overtime and it was gonna be Cavalier Magic all over again. But um it is what it is. It just happens to be sad that um, any game has to come down to a whistle like that, man, and and, and, and force uh, situations like this to happen. So uh, I, I, I truthfully feel bad for Auburn in that situation, man. But uh, congrats for Virginia for playing as, as well and as poised as they did within those last three games, man, if you, if you look back at it without looking, I think they were down an average of five points in each of the last three games with yeah, about eight seconds to go. In, well, eight seconds to go Auburn each and Texas Tech. Yeah. yeah. So if, kudos to them for being able to pull it out in, in, in each of those situations. Okay, it's three, that's four, and that's three. So, no, they were down three with an average of okay, that's carry to one. Yeah, that will be that. And then three, uh-huh, that is eight seconds. So, yeah, they were down three points per game with an average of eight seconds to, to go in each game. Mm-hmm. And they were able to pull it out so in every situation. They're just so charmed. I mean, look, I don't know if people got in, caught up in UVA's road to redemption from being asked <laughs> by, by 16 seeds, the top overall seed last year, mm-hmm. as it were. Playing Charlotte, no less, to, to this year. Uh, but, I mean, remember how it all got started for, for, for UVA this seed, this, this tournament. They were down by mm-hmm. 14. Garner Webb in yeah. the first round. Remember that? So yes, sir. it's like, here we go again. Another 16th seed beating the hell out of UVA in the first up of UVA. Remember that they were UVA after all and just came back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah, but. Uh, it, 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 it was real it, tight it, in that first half against Garner Webb. It was real tight. That's right. Like, oh, we can't yeah. mess this up. <laughs> they were starting to mess it up. 
So, you know, they were able to turn it around. The thing is, though, I don't like using the term 180 in this situation. I, I'd probably say uh, it was a 45-degree turn because of the fact that you know, this is the same turn. team. Let me, I'll explain why. They, okay. they, they came as a one seed for both years. It just happened to be that they came up extremely short last year, and they came in with yeah. the exact same expectations again this year, but they just played better. They, they, just, they just made a change. Um, and, and whatever that was, be it shooting better, well, actually, that's exactly what it was because they shot better in that second half, and that's how they ended up beating uh, Garnet Webb. They would have continued to play like they played in that first half against the Bulldogs. It would have been very reminiscent. And oddly enough, it's another mascot. It's another dog mascot between Gardner Webb and UMBC. The way that they shot that first half against Gardner Webb was very reminiscent to how they looked against UMBC. And they needed to turn that, mm-hmm. make adjustments for that. And thankfully that they did, because if they wouldn't have, we would have had a completely different uh, national champion. Yeah, yeah. So one last thought on the Final Four and the tournament in general. Mm-hmm. There's one thing that I'm pretty sure you noticed is that not one of the Final Four participants had a one and done. They were no. all except for maybe Virginia, you know, with DeAndre Hunter as a sophomore, who may be leaving for yeah. the pros. He's a, he's a lottery pick, and he played like one in the Final Four. Um, mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. Everybody else had juniors and seniors or transfers. Yeah. Um, and I, and which led me to think with the one-and-done with the one and done rule probably going to go away in, like, another two years when the, when the, when the, when the NBA's Player Association negotiate with the, uh, with the owners. Uh, when that time mm-hmm. comes, what do you think? Do you do you, will you still do you do you think that the actual quality of college basketball? I mean, it, it was a great year. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. From Zion and RJ Barrett and, and, and the boys of Duke to seeing old school pure basketball in the Final Four, I think is in a great place. I, and, you know, and and, and uh, even with. The one and done rule going away. I don't think you see so many young kids from high school, you know, pouring to the NBA like they did, like like they did in the early two thousands. I I think, I you know, I just think college basketball is going to be fine, and they just like like to the point where they don't wouldn't have to impose like a two year rule or something like mm-hmm. that. So. Well, well, I'm in the boat of I'm not concerned. I'm like you. I'm not concerned at all. Um, we've been in this boat before. There was still great right. basketball back then. And it'll go back to being, it'll still be, it's not like it, great college basketball has gone anywhere. It'll still be great college basketball mm-hmm. now. Um, thing is, you know, it, we just don't have to be concerned with guys coming in and leaving after, well, no, because they can still do it. it. It's just not a rule that they have to do it. Um, right. But my thing is, man, I just hope that for the guys that do come in to college, that they stay and mature yeah. just a little bit. I mean, we've had this conversation last week about Zion, and I had this conversation with a friend of mine, man, who um, is scout level when it comes to uh, his basketball uh, analysis. And we, and we, we disagree with this, and, and I understand, you know, a lot of GMs like to, to, to get or, or draft guys, especially earlier on, that have a higher ceiling. 
Mm-hmm. And I understand that, but my thing is, by the time that first contract is over, they may not be there no more. And a lot of these teams, especially over the past three to four years, that draft or have lottery picks, for whatever reason, are the exact same team. They just keep being the same team because the guys that they draft either don't develop under them or they slowly develop and they leave and they flourish someplace else. It's just been like that for some time now. And let's just see, like a, a Milwaukee is one of those teams that used to be like that, but now they, they found mm-hmm. their gym, and we'll just see whether or not Giannis stays. But Giannis just happens to be a guy, he just said it when questioned about um, his refusal to be in Space Jam 2. He said, I'm not Hollywood. Yeah. So I don't think that this dude goes to a large market. I think this dude just might stay in Milwaukee. And if that's the case, uh-oh, you got you a small market that's going to continuously be good if this dude can stay on the track that he is on right now. And that just means that they yeah. just happen to be one of the lucky ones that drafted a young cat that developed and stayed with them. But that rarely happens. That rarely happens. Mm. Yeah, so we'll see. So one last thought about that right quick before we move on to the last topic. Do you see the N- the NBA – implementing a rule similar to baseball, originally baseball has. If you mm-hmm. if you sign if you if you just name the draft out of high school, that's all well and good. But if your ass goes to college, you gotta stay there for at least two years. And like baseball is three. So in college okay. like instead of say three years, have it say like if you go if you roll in college you gotta stay two years. So do you think that would be too I don't want to say anti-American to like to the point where a child, well not a child, but but a young person would not be able to make money, even though he would be obviously ready. Or do you, mm-hmm. or do you think, hey, rules are rules, you know, it's a private entity; they can do whatever the hell they want. You know, if you don't don't like a kick rocks uh, type of deal, but <laughs> I, I think it, would be, it it wouldn't be bad for kids to if they if they do enroll in college to stay two years. It's not like you you like it. It's not like Major League Baseball or the NFL even that you have to stay free. But let me just get your thoughts on that right quick because um, I've, I've I've heard that bandied about. We've talked I've talked about it amongst friends, and the and the reviews are always mixed. So, do you think something like that would come about? And if so, would it be fair? Um, I don't know if it would necessarily be fair. But I think yeah. it'll be to the, to the benefit, truthfully, if you, um, it'll be to the benefit of the player. And let me explain yeah. why. Um, in my opinion, going to the NCAA and playing with one of these top-notch schools, with one of these great mm-hmm. coaches, in terms of a player's development, yeah. is a lot better from, from what I've seen in, in, in its returns. It's a lot better right. than a guy going to the G League or potentially going overseas. Right. You know, if you do that, at least you're with these guys. We, I, I guess, we're a little bit more knowledgeable as it pertains. No, I, I can't even say that because a lot of the G League coaches are, are former players and also are, are former assistants uh, from the NBA. But it, it just happens to be that these guys are, are better teachers of the game 
than a lot of these head coaches that are elsewhere. And I think that they will learn more by playing under these guys than they will be playing any place else. So I think it will be more right. of a benefit for them. I just don't know if it will necessarily be fair. But I, I think it's something that, that, that needs to be done. Hey, if you want to go ahead and come out of high school, fine. But, um, dude, if you don't and you want to go to college, you need to stay two years. At, at least do that. At least yeah. get two years of maturing because, unfortunately, excuse me, a lot of these coaches and GMs, can't seem to resist themselves from taking talent that either doesn't pan out or doesn't um, mature under their watch. I understand it's their fault because they're making the picks, but God, man, I just want to see the game continue to. Well, the, the game is. I've said years ago I want to see the game get better because there's always been complaints about jump shooters in the game, but now the game has sure. evolved and it seems like we're getting jump shooters now. But it's a lot mm-hmm. of guys who have been in the league for four or five years and have had an opportunity to grow that. It's the younger guys that we don't see with Jays with, with right away. And I want to see them get better with that. Right. I know, you know, that I would personally like it. I would personally actually love it because I think mm-hmm. it not only would make those young men better as far as fundamentals and learning the game and especially for the best coaches out there, it'll make mm-hmm. it'll make college basketball better too. Because you go yeah. those you get to see those stars mature after the first at the year one and the year two. And plus it just you have a to me you have a better product in the end. So I, I know that college basketball is in a good place as it is. I think it could be in a better place. I think the NBA would do something like would have a rule similar to Major League Baseball. Again, if you get drafted out of high school, no problem. But if you, if you enroll in college, your ass has to stay at least two years. I would like that rule a lot better. And uh, and, and to me, it would be the product, the college basketball would be a lot better if that was the case. We'll get you out here on this, man. We'll, we'll wrap this, this, up, this up on this. We're going from basketball from the peculiar to Magic Johnson quitting, from the peculiar to Magic Johnson quitting, to the greatness of Virginia, of Virginia winning, to going to the flat-out ridiculous, and that's Antonio Brown. <laughs> what is this Bama doing? Why is this Bama? Why? 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 What? What the hell is this Negro doing? Why? Why is he? Why is he going after Juju Smith-Schuster now? I understand he's responding to a fan's tweet, but can we just can he just stop and just focus? He got what he wanted. He got the hell out of Pittsburgh, even though he sabotaged his own trade value, and he got a new contract mm-hmm. on top of it. He got thirty million guaranteed. Just shut the hell up and go away. You've won. He's won. And even though he's going to regret playing in a place like Oakland over Pittsburgh, where he's he'd be winning all the time, <laughs> he only cared about his money, and that's fine. So from the financial standpoint, he's won. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what, dude? Up. I completely agree. He, he sounds like a, a very bitter ex that got the dude yes. that she wanted or the the, the girl that, that he wanted, but right. for whatever reason can't move on and is still talking dirty about the ex. Now, I don't care about him responding to a fan's uh, social media post. 
Let it go. Don't even say nothing. Just let it be. Let it go. Seriously. Just let it be, dude. It, it, there's so many other uh, uh, posts that you probably haven't responded to or have said absolutely nothing about. Why couldn't you let that one go? Why? It's, it's the same thing about uh, Jermichael Finley and, and, and right. Aaron Rodgers. And, and it's, it's done, dude. All right, we get it. You, you don't like them. You don't like each other. Move on. And now with, with, with Juju, man, you're not even saying anything. Well, you're saying something about a dude who hasn't said anything about you, dude. And he also Nothing looked at all. And that's a for and advice. Up to him. When he was in college, even. And you know, when yeah. he was exposed to DMs for some odd ass reason, AB came up, well, fuck AB. Antonio Brown came off looking like a damn fool. Why would yeah. you expose a kid who was looking, for, who was at the time looking for help as a college player, mm-hmm. and held you in the highest regard to the point where you got opposing players, defensive saying, "If I see, if I see this dude, I'm taking him out." Him being Antonio Brown because it's just messed up. You don't do that. That's, no. that's such so unguidelike. You don't do that. But you know what? This whole thing and it's unfortunate to me. It stems from. Um, this from like Jay, like Juju getting all that shine, you know, when mm-hmm. he started getting more receptions, and he started appearing in, in like those Pizza Hut commercials. Those were supposed to be mm-hmm. Antonio Brown's commercials. Is yeah. that is just a Pizza Hut commercial? Yep, that was supposed to be Antonio Brown's commercials. That wasn't supposed to be Juju. They asked <laughs> Antonio if Juju could be in it with them. Yeah, you know, and so the combination of that. And with um, with uh, with uh, with, uh, with, um, with Juju having more catches to the point where he led the team in receptions this mm-hmm. past year, and was named Team MVP. That bothered that 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 from what I've read and what I've seen, that that really bothered him. That really bothered Antonio Brown. That's too bad because I mean, hell, he's had over 100 plus receptions the past six years, six seven years, eight maybe. Yes, sir. Was the team MVP for five six years before this past season, mm-hmm. and remember in that game, which of course when he with like with like when we mentioned Jay, with Juju fumbling that game away against New Orleans, where Juju's on the sideline crying his eyes out, feeling yeah. totally bad about letting the team down, and they and Tony Brown's going to do that. That's just that's just and, and also you and, and you and you notice that one more thing about the game, the reaction. From what Juju had to what Antonio Brown had at the end of the game, he was all smiles and with Michael with Michael Thomas from the Saints because like because uh, Antonio Brown got his stats. He had two catches. He had two touchdown receptions. He had a pretty good mm-hmm. good game, but he wasn't too distraught about possibly missing out on such a heartbreaking uh, fumble. So again, it just goes to show you us all that Antonio Brown is who he is. He just yeah. doesn't give. He, sure, he wants to win, but as long as he gets his too, and no. you know, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. But he, but he's, but he's, he's Bama material right now. So I, I just, I, I just don't know. But anyway, well, well man, he was Bama material when he got his beard. But two things, man. Number right. one, maybe on Bell didn't want that stink on him. So I'll talk to him for posting. The uh, 
the the, the, the private conversation between him and James Conner uh, recently. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, was. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes. Totally yes. Yeah. And, so, and, you know, and, and I'm glad that Le'Veon did that because Le'Veon, I'm pretty sure Le'Veon did that as a response to what Antonio Brown did to Juju. Mm-hmm. You know, I think That's that was exactly why he did it. Because there were yeah, a lot of people so who were compared. Know. Yeah, the, right. I'm not that. There were a lot of people who were comparing Le'Veon to AB based upon his exodus from Pittsburgh, and he's like, dude, that's not me. <laughs> you know, yeah. he might have wanted to leave for the same reasons, but we ain't the same dude. And two, man, A.B. was a bama when he got his beard blonde. How about yeah, that? that was – and call himself Mr. Big Chest, <laughs> That was that was, that was ridiculous. And, and call himself was, Mr. Big Chest. Sound like uh, your boy King B from Martin, Mr. Big Chest. <laughs> Oh my God! Anyway, all right, man. Well, we'll see. But at least we got the NBA Plus this weekend, so uh, we'll check that out, and uh, hopefully that bring the spirits back up and help me forget another lost next season. Let's take for Zion, though. <laughs> take for Zion. Hey. All right, bro. Take a look. You do the same, bro. And you know when you had a tough one here in DC with the Wizards, so I know how you feel, oh, man. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, thanks a lot, man. Peace. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on uh, Sleazy Radio every Tuesday night on Facebook Live, as well as the sports blog, uh, the HBCU Sports. We rest with all things HBCU Sports. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. This is Scott Burks, signing out, 06. Good night. <laughs>